You're listening to the Brand Builders Lab podcast, episode 108. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We're learning how to create an epic brand, find the right marketing strategies, and building your business is a constant evolution, classroom, and lab. Each week, we'll be diving into all things brand and marketing with special guests and solo episodes to help you build your business, brand, and big idea. Hey, hey, gorgeous. How are you? It is so good to have you back here in the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Today, I am talking to Nat Angel, who is an Instagram influencer, even though she doesn't really like that title. She currently uses her IGTV and that is all she uses on her Instagram. And in under 12 months, she has grown her following to over 19,000 followers with a super high engagement and she is at let me try before you buy and so I found Nat a while ago and I just loved the way that she was using the platform I thought it was really different and unique I really loved her energy and the way that she was doing it and so I thought I would get Nat onto the podcast today something a little bit different to talk about what she's doing, how she's grown her audience, why she started just using IGTV. She doesn't use, uh, she doesn't use the feed in any other way apart from her IGTV videos. And I just thought it was really interesting. I think that there are so many people that are doing things really differently. And I think it's important to have conversations with them where we can maybe be learning from them or just hearing a really great story, if I'm honest. So I really enjoyed this conversation with Nat. We talked about how she got started, how she's grown her audience organically and We talk about confidence and we talk about the fashion industry as well. So there's some really great stuff in this episode. So I hope that you enjoy it. But before we dive into this week's episode, I just want to let you know that Brand Builders Academy, which is my signature course, opens its doors in eight weeks. So this episode's going live on the 14th of May and the doors to Brand Builders Academy will open on the 13th of July. And I have had so many people asking me, when's the next round of Brand Builders Academy? And so I put a date in the diary and I wanted to give you a heads up. In eight weeks from this week, Brand Builders Academy will be opening. It'll be the last time that we'll be running a live round for this year for 2020. So now's the time to get in. You've got eight weeks to prepare yourself and to start setting aside time because some of the results that my amazing students have been having have been incredible. And so all you have to do is go to suzechadwick.com forward slash BBA and you'll be taken to the wait list where you can grab your spot so that you'll be the first to know when the doors for Brand Builders Academy opens. And if you are wanting to create the structure, strategies and system and mindset to scale your business this year, because hey, let's make the most of the rest of 2020, then this is for you. Got any questions? Hit me up on Instagram at Suze Chadwick. Otherwise, let's dive into this week's episode. Nat, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Thanks so much, babe. Oh, so good to have you here. We were just chatting before we started this 
Um, and you were sort of saying, you know, it was great to get my email and that. I saw you on Instagram and you were doing these videos and I just found them really interesting, different, um, unique. And then when I went and looked at your account, I saw that mainly, well, really all that you were doing were IGTV. So I'm like, I need to speak to this woman and find out what she's doing here. So for those of my listeners who don't know you, can you give me a little bit of background about who you are and what you were doing before you jumped on IGTV um, and a little bit about now and then we'll dive in. Okay. All right. Um, So I've always had a massive interest in fashion, like a deep, deep interest in fashion. Um, So Pre-child, um, I was heavily into the corporate world, so a full sales background, then into sales training, sales management, and then recruitment. So studying people and how people communicate, um, the sales process, I'm very, very into the sales process and I have a very unique outlook on the sales process. Um, but when I had my child and then that was, oh my God, that was a deep dive into a world that I wasn't ready for. Um, so I went through some form of postnatal depression with that and I struggled with, um, I didn't recognize the woman standing opposite me in the mirror. I just had no idea who that was. And then I had difficulty dressing myself. And that was so bizarre for me because I was, I've always been so confident with dressing. And so that, that brought along a whole, a whole thought process um, And then there was a particular brand that I really liked. um, And I noticed that that brand did very little in the size sort of 14 plus. Um, So no marketing, no representation. Yet when you went into their store, it was filled with women over sort of 35 because they're the only ones who could afford the product. Um, And I thought that's not great. Um, And so I started a Facebook buy, sell and swap page for this one particular brand, but it was for size large and up only. So I just wanted to focus on women um, that were kind of size 12 to 14 up. And then to help those women, um, I did try on videos within this Facebook group and I would try on all the different sizes and things like that. And I would get these messages, Susie, like, like page long messages going, thank you so much. You have no idea how much you've helped me. You've made me feel normal and that there's nothing wrong with my body. And you know, I wear just over the small things, Susie, like I I wear boring underpants too. And, you know, and, and, but I'm serious and just but deep, deep emails from these women. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is amazing. So I kept on doing more and more try on videos. And then I got to the point where I, cause I could see how many women were resonating with the content that I was doing, which I'd never started out with the intention of doing Instagram. Yeah, my intention, it kind of just organically, the market presented itself to me, the need presented itself to me. Um, And I went, Oh, my God, there's all these women struggling. And how can I help them? But I wanted to move or I wanted to know how could I do it outside of this one particular brand, which is a very expensive brand. So not everyone can afford a $300 dress. Um, And so then I looked at Instagram and YouTube. I didn't understand Instagram. And I don't, I didn't like Instagram. So when I spent time on Instagram, um, especially in the Australian fashion space, um, I found it incredibly boring, incredibly repetitive. Um, it was just, you know, a single photo of a woman, highly edited with a filter, posed. Um, ah, oh, this garment's amazing. And so these were fashion brands that you were yeah, following. Yeah. Fashion brands and other influencers, just yeah. what I could find in the marketplace. 
Um, and so I, and it was everything about Instagram to me was just, oh, it's perfect. And I'm not perfect. So I thought I don't belong on Instagram, but maybe I belong on YouTube. So I went to YouTube and YouTube was just amazing because I could do really long content, um, long videos. Um, and so, and it was a much more, uh, welcoming space to me based on the type of content that I wanted to provide, which was not highly edited, no filter, no spanks. Um, and just me being me and with the consumer front of mind. Okay. Not the brand, the consumer front of mind. Um, and so I was very comfortable in the YouTube space for a long time. Um, but then what I learned (laughs) was that there's not many Australian women hanging out on YouTube. (laughs) I was about to say, how did you go with growing your audience there? <laughs> yeah, total fail. Um, but that was part of the learning process. And then so, and I would get so frustrated, Susie, because I'm like, I don't like this Instagram space. I don't like it. I don't belong here. I'm not going to be welcome here. Um, but I had, I remember editing my first video took me four hours and now it takes me about seven minutes. Yeah. Um, so I had to learn all the apps that I could use and find the right apps. Um, uh so, and then I just had a go, Susie, I just had a go and I wanted to be different. I wanted to be different. And so, um, I wanted to add value to the women yeah. that, that I was trying on the clothes for. And I wanted to, so when I film, I think about the breastfeeding mother who's got two day old tracksuit pants on, who's got tears streaming down her face. Um, I think about the corporate woman who maybe she's married, maybe she's not, maybe she's a single mum and she just doesn't have time. Um, and I think about the woman who's 50 plus and who doesn't, her children maybe have moved on and she just doesn't know how to represent herself anymore. So I think about those women all the time when I'm filming um, so that I can add value to them and maybe inspire them and give yeah. them an idea and things like that. So it's been a... You know, it always is a yeah. bit of a tough thing. But I still don't feel welcome on Instagram, if I'm really honest with you. What? Okay, yeah. so let's just back up a bit. So, number one, the fact that you were in recruitment, I come from a recruitment background, which is probably why I'm totally drawn to you. Uh, <laughs> just like I can totally see that. Uh, and I think the other thing for me is what I love about the way that you do it. And we def- I definitely want to dive into why you don't feel welcome on Instagram because I think that's really interesting is that there are brands that I like or that I've discovered things like that and watching you try it on because I'm a size like 14 to 16 as well is like I would have looked at that uh, like in the store or online and been like not sure if that's going to be right for my body type whereas you trying it on makes me want to now buy from that brand so I think that just your honesty and actually watching somebody who's like me, like I'm not as tall as you, but somebody who's got a similar body shape to me makes me think, oh, well, that brand could be for me as well. So I think that when you were talking about women that really resonate with you, we're so over perfection. Like I feel like, you know, that is the Instagram of old. And yes, there is still some of that. Massive amounts in fashion. Yeah, but I just think people want real and raw and somebody who's kind of like me that shows me whether this works for me or not. I didn't know that Mr. Zimmy had gone into size 16 until I saw your videos. So it's also like a great communication tool for brands using somebody like you. So uh, let's kind of um, backtrack a little bit. So what made you decide to go onto Instagram and what made you decide to use IGTV the way that you're using it? 
Um, so I was forced onto Instagram. Um, so <laughs> let's just be honest about it. Um, so YouTube was, and it was oh, it probably wasn't an epic fail. Yeah. But compared to my performance on Instagram, it certainly is an epic fail. Um, it so, was a learning. It was just a learning. It was a step. I still have, I still think that Instagram has a lot of ways to improve as far as content creators are concerned. I'm still quite limited. So if I look at, and I'm, I'll come back to your question, that if I look at my performance on Instagram lives versus my insights on Instagram lives versus my insights on my Instagram TV, Instagram doesn't help me to publicize my Instagram lives. Yeah. And so I still find as a content creator, yeah. huge. And I don't know, Susie, if that's my own deficiencies in my understanding of, of the platform, but I've struggled a lot with Instagram lives yet. So oh, anyway, I don't find it easy it. either. So, I mean, I've had issues where, it's either not posted or I haven't been able to save or like, it's clunky. I think Instagram live is clunky. It's super clunky yeah. and it's, and it's where I perform best. So if you oh, want to okay. see me at my absolute best, I'm live. And so that's why I also have a Facebook group. And so that's where I do massive amounts of live content on my Facebook group. Um, so, cause that's where I started. I started on Facebook. I yeah. started doing live and the women can talk to me at the same time. So it's yeah. more inclusive. Instagram yeah. is just like, look at me. I control the content. You just get what you're given. Um, whereas with lives, it allows you to connect. It's like you and I, we can see each other and we can talk and we can feed off each other. Yeah. Um, and it's much more inclusive rather than just the Instagram TV. But let's get back to your question. So um, I felt that to get, the, uh, to get seen um, and to reach as many women as possible, I had to go onto Instagram. Um, as far as Instagram TV is concerned, um, I did that because I, well, I was the first. I was the first person who's wholly and solely Instagram TV fashion try on. So um, yeah. I wanted to be different. Um, I wanted to make a splash, Susie, because um, I have very deep, deep feelings and strong feelings. <laughs> so don't ask me too many questions about this um, on how brands market themselves. Okay. And I, I want to. I want to ask oh. you all the questions now. No, I'll, I'll, I'll never work again. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's just that there's such a disconnect between how brands are projecting their image to actually the person who is actually going to purchase that product doesn't resonate with it. So there's a total disconnect. They're, on, they're kilometres away from one another. And so I wanted to demonstrate to brands that a woman over the age of 40 can be attractive and that the woman, a woman over 40 in her grandma underpants and her, you know, skin colored bra, you don't need to be sexual to be well-dressed. You don't need to be sexual to feel good about yourself. Um, and it's okay. Some of my most successful videos as far as um, ROI for the brand, um, the, the more, Actually, you could, if I looked, um, this is probably not the right way to say it, Susie, but the more faults I found with the garments, so say, for example, if the armhole was a little bit tight, it was a smaller size 16 than, say, other brands, they've been my ones that have performed the best as far as... Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, is that that is one of the biggest things, is that sizing is so different across different brands that it's a big thing. So for me, I need, I like, room in the arm. But, you know, so when you talk about that sort of thing, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So that gives me a better understanding. Whereas obviously you're never going to get that from how they market what they've got. Like they don't talk about the diff. Like, is it roomy enough in the bust? Is it does it have generous fit in the arm? Like, you know, those. Like, yeah, 
Well, they've never, they've never been given. What's been the, you know, one of the most happiest moments for me is how I've changed brands. So Arnhem are now including size 16 across their whole range. That's because of me. Wow. Um, I've had brands increase the armhole size um, because of me. Um, because they've never been given the feedback before because everyone that they've sent a free dress for to get a free photograph for, which is the typical content production on Instagram, um, those people have never gone back and said, well, to be honest with you, compared to, if you think of fashion influencers, like uh, the volume of clothes that I try on, um, I know what a standard size 16 is. I know what a small size 16 is and I know what a generous size 16 is. So that sort of feedback to the brands because they don't know. They don't know until somebody tells them. Um, and I feel quite solid in that because of the volume of garments across a, a, a really range, a broad range of price points and brands um, yeah. that they get that feedback and then they make changes, which is then That's amazing. a win for the brand, a win for and a win for the, the women who are purchasing them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to kind of go back to the brands and the brands that you're working with. So that very first Facebook swap, buy and sell group, was that in consultation with the brand or was that something you just created? No, I just created. And then over time, the brand became aware of my Facebook group and we had a relationship. Um, So they, uh, members of their staff were on the Facebook group. So they, it was, um, they benefited massively um, and, you know, it, it was great. Uh, and then when I went across to Instagram, um, they were not very happy about it. So because up from being in a small controlled closed group versus on Instagram um, and I'm still giving the same type of feedback, which is, you know, this is small, this is, you know, yeah. this is the general feedback that I get, but it was on a public forum. Um, they were no longer happy with that. Okay. Uh, and so... How have you started to build your relationship with other brands now? Because I obviously I, I watch all of your content because I love to discover new clothing brands as well. I do have a little bit of a, I wouldn't say addiction, that's a bit strong. <laughs> that might be a bit strong, but I do enjoy shopping online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I also love like you do do a lot of bright colours and that, so I, I enjoy that as well. But it's, yeah, it's great because I discover a lot of new brands through you. And because, like I said, I feel like uh, you're similar to me in body shape and size. Um, I'm really interested in your opinion on that. So how has your relationship with brands evolved during this journey? Um, I think it's been a learning curve from, from both from both sides. So from my side, um, I've had to be very mindful that my content is so scary. Okay. It's so scary for a brand. So they say, they book me, they send me the garments. Um, they have no control over my content. They don't even see the video before it goes live. Yeah. Okay. So, um, from their perspective, they don't know what I'm going to say. They don't know, you know, they're completely exposed. Um, so I think from my perspective, I've had to learn and be sympathetic to that. Um, um, and talk to them, maybe improve my communication style. So, you know, just sort of giving them an opportunity to ask me questions and, and like almost push them to do it. Cause I know they want to, but sometimes they're just not confident enough because quite often with brands, they're run by women and just yeah. a woman on her own. And so, um, you know, she's, sometimes they can lack confidence. They've never dealt with an Instagram. Um, I don't like the term influencer, Susie. I, no, I don't know. Call what yourself else. whatever you myself. want, lovely. But they've dealt with a lot of influencers in the past and have had zero ROI. So they're very nervous. Um, 
So I think I've had to in, I've had to improve my communication style. So my media kit, for example, is all data. It's a, it's not pretty pictures, and yeah. you know, I'm a body confidence advocate. It's hardcore data. So, but that's what but that's what they're buying into, or that's what they're kind of jumping into. Is that they need to understand that as well? Like how how much reach is this going to get? What's the exposure? Because I mean, that's why they work with influencers. Well, yes and no. So a lot of influencers actually don't provide that content. Which is crazy. um, So yeah, but um, so I've had to, I've been trying to be more forthright in the information that I'm giving them to give them more understanding as to what the process is. So I've had to um, just be a little bit more sympathetic. That's been a real learning curve for me because I know my process. I know I'm not a mean person. I know that um, you know, I'm not going to bash a brand, but I need to tell, I need to give them reassurance around that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then, so, so with the relationships, um, it's, it's, it's been amazing. It's been, um, you know, I've really helped a lot of businesses. I've really helped a lot, like significantly helped a lot of brands. Yeah. Um, and to either get more, um, you know, sort of brand awareness. So more women under, uh, either, um, sorry, seeing their brand for the first time or even just understanding their brand. Yeah. Because I think from, from the brand owner's perspective, they're so in it. Yeah. They're so in it. They're looking from it, from it, in a, there's a sales term, there's a sales term called customer in, not product out. A lot of brands, in my opinion, are product out. Um, and so they're focused on how things should be. So how our Instagram feed should look, how our marketing campaign should look, um, rather than actually thinking about the woman who's more than likely to purchase the product and what information does she need to feel confident to do that online. Mm. Um, So that's the the biggest thing that I think um, that brands have have learned. And also it opens the door for communication. Um, I found my content, my content sort of bridges the gap between the consumer and the brand Um, because brands will say to me, oh, your followers are so lovely and they're so great and they've messaged me and, you know, it's, it's, it's really, really interesting how it's grown. But Susie, that's for small to medium sized brands. Okay. Larger brands, like big brands, the majority of them don't want anything to do with me. So I've got a couple of big, um, bigger brands coming up. I can't remember if it's this month. I'm booked out till the end of June. I can't remember if it's this month or next month. Um, so that's a big deal for me. Um, so I definitely feel that I sit more in the small to medium size rather than the large brand. The large brands just don't seem and to. And that's fine. I think it's a massive, huge missed opportunity for them. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just, this is me being honest. Every person's not going to be for every business. Yes. Um, so, but it's been really interesting for me um, where, I've, where I've ended up sitting. Um, it's, it's been, and the smaller brands are more nimble. They can take the feedback and then they can change their designs a lot more quickly than, say, the large yeah. brands who are working 12, 18 months in advance. So it's interesting. Yeah, amazing. And so how has your audience grown? (sighs) (laughs) So hang on a sec. So how long have you been on Instagram? Uh, Not even a year. Okay. And I I didn't look before we got on, but it's over 10,000. What are you at now? 19,000. 19,000. Okay. So in under 12 months. And so talk to me about how you feel that's, that's grown for you. Um, so that has been a combination of just, um, 
organic. I've done two sponsored posts, like two where I've advertised my page, and that's probably accounted for 2,000 of those followers, um, if they're still with me. You never know with your insights. You never know how many of them you retain. But, yeah, so 17,000 of my current followers are just organic, yeah. um, and that's just been through women sharing me. Yeah. Um, which is really interesting because I thought that most of the followers would come from the brands. I thought that, you know, brands will sometimes kind of go, Oh, you know, we're, we're providing, you know, our, us exposing you will, will give you a lot of things and more often than not, Susie, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so it's been, my followers have grown purely mostly from women sharing me with their friends. And it's yeah. been, I think my average is 1500 a month. Amazing. That's so good. And so I saw you do a, uh, an IGTV a while ago. I think it was an IGTV or maybe it was a live on confidence, Uh uh, which I do love to talk about as well, because, you know, like you said, you're a size 16 and when you try and close, you are in your bra and knickers sometimes. And I do look at that and go, you go girl, like that is amazing because it's not something that we're used to seeing. So, what have you found um, the conversation, emails, messages from your followers have been around you and how you're stepping up and how you're showing up, uh, you know, which is something that a lot of people would not do? Um, well, I don't, I don't expect them to. Um, I think that because I had a big conversation with my husband uh, before I did that yeah. um, and I explained to him that, based on the feedback that I was getting from my Facebook group, that buy, sell and swap group, that was one of the biggest proponents because what I'm about is that all I want to do is help women feel better about themselves because there is this massive, like I just get so upset about it, this massive layer of self-hatred on women. Yeah. And, it's, and it's, it's massive and it's mm. very heavy. And I can see women, you know, comparing themselves to, 17 year old girls yes you know and i can see them comparing themselves to images on altered filtered fake posed images on instagram and so what i'm what i'm very passionate about is because and it's interesting because a lot of people see that as confidence within me but and i think maybe it is but it's the message that i'm trying to say is that it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't, am I any less beautiful or am I any less valuable or, or am I any less of a person because I've got a flat bum and I've got, you know, a two story bottom and I've got cellulite on the back of my legs. And if the, I know that the answer is no, yeah. it doesn't. And so it's for me, it's, um, I just, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, Susie. I'm just so passionate about it. And I just hope that subconsciously, video after video after video, if the women can see me and go, well, I, she's, I see her every week, three times, four times a week, and she looks amazing. And I've got women size eight to 10 following me, Susie. Yeah. You know, and they're just, and they're just so, um, so terribly disgraceful to themselves in the way that they talk about themselves. And so... That's what I'm hoping that that will help them with is to see that she looks, she's got lumps and bumps. She's this, she's that, or, you know, whatever she's got fat on her arms or whatever it needs to be. Um, and she's still showing up. She's still getting dressed. She can still put looks together um, because I'm normal. Yeah. 
I'm completely normal. If yeah. you, all you have to do is go into Woolworths and sit there for 20 minutes and the majority of Australian women are size 14 up. So, and that's just fact. And I think that's the other thing that I'm trying to subconsciously talk. Like normalize it. Well, it's just like, it, it's, I, I just, and that's another thing that gets me really upset with brands is that the majority of women who are spend who have the money to spend a 35 plus and the majority of those women are size 14 and up. And yet you completely ignore them, completely ignore them. And you put 21 year old girls who probably are not even interested in your clothes you know, as the models. <laughs> yeah. But do you know what I mean? It's like, I was looking yeah, at country totally. road the other day. I was looking at country road are getting a little bit better. Um, they're getting a little bit better. They, the models are getting a bit older, but they're still getting skittier. So, um, it's kind of, and witchery and things like that. You walk into witchery, there's, there's not a 21 year old girl in witchery or country road. There's just not. Yeah. It's a prey. They're in, you know, they're in other brands. So, um, I'm just trying to show the brands because the sales, the sales that my videos deliver are extraordinary. Yeah. You know, and I'm just an average woman. Yeah. Awesome. And so just on your business model and your business, like what are you, do you have kind of a vision for something bigger? Like what are you working towards? Are you just kind of taking things as they come? Like what are you thinking when it comes to your business? Um, it's a really good question. My husband and I talk about that. My husband helps me a lot with my business, um, or with our business. Um, it's, I'm still, the business has grown a lot quicker than I was expecting it to Susie. Um, I want to be really clear, like really clear about that. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm booked. I'm now taking July bookings. Um, so it's, I can't always keep up with it. Um, so which is great, but I don't know the answer to your question. And I need help. I need help with that, to be honest. Um, it's like, I don't have a website, you know? Um, and I, I did, um, what's Mia Friedman's course that, uh, I don't know. She's got a six week build your business thing. And I thought, Oh, that'll help me. I'll do that. And I've just been so busy. I haven't, I didn't even complete week one. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, the business is growing much faster than I was prepared for. And I, I definitely need help with that. Definitely need help with that because I'm not clear on that, which is actually scary when I say it out loud publicly. Yeah. And so um, are you doing like one a day? Uh, generally one a day, yeah. Yeah. Generally. Okay. Um, I'm trying to, um, I want to do, there's a lot more live uh, content on my Facebook group. So the Facebook group is where the magic happens. So the Facebook group is so important to me because that's where, the women will, the women in that Facebook group will then post pictures of themselves in the clothes that they've bought from my videos. So from a brand perspective, the, it's just like amazing for the brand. So I'll do a try on video. I do live try ons. Um, they go for an hour and do them over nighttime on my Facebook group. And then the girls will purchase if they want to purchase. And then there's all this follow through. So the girls will then post pictures of themselves in the clothes that they've bought. And then, so there's more sales for the brands based off that. But it's where the women can celebrate themselves and yeah. they get beautiful feedback from one another. They ask for help and things like that. So um, I do, I want to do a lot more live content on Instagram um, just with helping women with styling ch- tips and tricks, going through garments in my wardrobe, where are they from, things like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm str- that's one thing I'm really struggling with at the moment is that live situation with Instagram. I'm finding it annoying to say the yeah. least. So um but yeah, to answer your question, I'm not clear on where I'm going, which is not great. 
sometimes you just got to start somewhere, don't you? And you just, if it's catching on and it's growing and it's building, that's awesome. Well, yes, absolutely. Always good to put structure around it. But also, you know, that'll, you'll get to that as well. Well, the thing is, I, I think that what I'm consistent with is saying that I'm not perfect. And I'm quite yes. consistent in that with my videos. There's, I make mistakes all the time in my videos. And I keep that in there because I have no interest in being perfect. And I want women to know that I'm not perfect either and that that's okay. And, um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, if I'm on a business podcast and I need to be honest and, and that's, that's the reality is I'm not clear on where I'm going. Um, I don't know whether to outsource that. I don't know what to do with that. Um, and so I think it's important to be, I don't have my shit together, Susie. (laughs) (laughs) Most people don't, you know, something I was listening to, I can't remember what podcast it was, but um, somebody was saying that they were growing their business. This is a US one. And they ended up in a mastermind with like multi-million dollar entrepreneurs in the US. And they were like, you know, I thought I'd join this and they'd be like so together and so sorted and just have it, you know, absolutely down pat. And she's like, I joined it and everybody was the same. Everybody was like piecing things together, working it out as they go, testing and trying stuff. And she's like, when you look at like people that you think have it completely all together, she's like, let me just give you a little bit of insight. They don't, like they don't. So, you know, we're all just, you know, working it out as well, because like I say, and that's what this podcast is about is we are in a lab, like we are trying and testing. Some things grow at a ridiculous rate. Other things don't work. And you just kind of got to like, you know, do what you can do at the time. And I do think it's great to set aside time to create the structure systems and strategies to help your business to grow. Um, But I also just think we're all just in the same boat, working it out as we go as well. Well, I think the interesting thing for me from a business perspective is that my business model was, was, was born from refusing to stick to the suggested structure of yeah. Instagram. Okay, so which I, I love. Which I went, no, I don't like it and I think that it can be done better. Um, and so from my perspective, from a business perspective, is that I have a fear. I don't, I, it's, you know, it's how much money do you want to earn? How else can I monetize this business in inverted commas? And I'm like, well, hang on a second. I, I just care about my followers and I just want to help women. And it's so how do I maintain the integrity of why mm-hmm. I started what I'm doing? Um, and how can I, because I would love to branch out and do different things. But what my concern is, is that if I outsource that and seek help with that, is that because I'm so far left of centre, does that make sense? It's like, how am I going to find someone who will still understand the importance of me being in my underpants (laughs) and me, you know, making a bit of a dick of myself, how that resonates with women and how that, you know, and how crucial that is. Um, Cause I don't want to lose sight of that. It's, it's, and it's, it's the key to my success, Susie. I know that it's the key to why I've grown so quickly. And it's the key to why those women, um, like my, my engagements, you know, nearly 5%, my, like, it's amazing. Um, my stats and it's because I continue to honor the women who watch me, but how do I then, I don't know how to bridge that gap, if that makes sense. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, that's the, big question hanging over my head at the moment yeah interesting that's awesome and so do you want to be consulting to brands more around the stuff that you talk about um I don't know I don't I don't I think it's I think there's a lot of brands that watch me there's a lot of brands that watch me 
there's a lot of brands who have a go themselves. Um, so I've seen a massive, since I've come on the scene, there's been a massive increase in Instagram TV try-ons. I've seen, I saw one or two the other day and I'm like, oh, interesting. <laughs> And I think that that's where, um, and I think that it's great. Any way that a business can improve the way that they're trying to connect with their followers or their, their customers, I think that's great. But sometimes you need to accept when you're, you know, it's not your key skill um, and because you don't want it to work to your detriment. Susie, if I tried to take a photo of myself and put it on Instagram, it would be horrendous. I Why? I can't photo, I don't photograph well. Okay. I've got a funny face and it's, it's all a bit weird and I don't know how to pose and I get super awkward. And so I stick to my lane. Yeah. I stick to my skill. Yeah. Um, and I have a lot of ad- admiration for women who provide beautiful photo- photographic content. It's fantastic. But yeah. if you're not good in front of the camera and you're not engaging and you're not confident and you're pretending, just stop. Yeah. You can see it. You can yeah. see when people are pretending. Um, and it's just stop it, outsource it. Don't you think? Just stop it. It's like I, I it's like me doing a cooking show or trying to cook something. Like I can't cook, Susie. So I don't. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just, um, I think, yeah, I think stick to, and I think that that's what why brands work with me because ninety-seven percent of my brands return to me is because they just. They just, it's not their space. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not their space. And the thing is for, for brands is it's so expensive for them to get plus size models. It's very expensive for them to have um, that content on their website. So a size eight model and a size 16 model. The, the costs associated with trying to have diversity and um, a more equal website to benefit yeah. both types of women um, is just too expensive. And so yeah, actually- I actually did message Gorman about this ages ago and said, why do you not have like size 14 and 16 on your website? And they got back, they do respond and they said, because our samples come in in the one size and that's what we photograph before we go into full production. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's, you know, but now they've got um, size 16 on there now as well. So, but it's interesting because obviously we just sit back and go, well, I don't understand why, but that it is something that they can choose to change as well if they want. Well, if they want to. So Gorman, yeah. Gorman, you know, I don't think they liked my video very much on them. Um, so, you know, they were have to go back and take a look. I feel like I did see it at the time. Yeah, they weren't... Um, I sent back the jacket to exchange it because they don't do refunds. And I sent the jacket back to exchange. They do do refunds now, I think. Uh, well, they, they just refunded me my money. Yeah, yeah. Like, but I want the jacket. I just want it in small. So they're like, no, have the money. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. But Gorman, Gorman is a perfect example. So that's a high-end brand. They have the resources um, to provide because, you know, Gorman, Gorman is an, it's expensive. You know, it's not a cheap brand. Um, so they're the type of brands that I would love to see the same as Elk, um, the same as Cavari, the same as King Cecilia, like beautiful, expensive brands um, that just don't do anything in that space. And they don't have to have models. They could employ influencers. They could work. There's a whole multitude of ways yeah. that they can reach women in a, their larger size ranges. And they, they just, Susie, they choose not to do it. And, yeah. uh, and it's something that's you know, disappointing to me. It's, it's very disappointing to me because it's offensive. And then the older woman, 
you know, I'm so passionate about women 50 plus and they're just completely ignored. Yeah. Did you see Dame Judy Dench on the cover of Vogue? Oh, I feel like, I feel like the winds of change are coming. Like I do see um, much older, like, you know, I'm talking 60s, 70s, like 80 year old women who are now um, on the cover of things or who are being advertised in the campaigns or things like that. I feel like it is shifting um, a lot now compared to even five years ago. Which is exciting. It's not there, but it's it's exciting to kind. see. <laughs> You're very kind, Susie. I'm sorry, it's not good enough. Um, yeah. It's not good enough. And the thing is, from my perspective, is that, and that's that's one of the the other big parts of why I do what I do because I I demonstrate video after video that I sell clothes and yeah. I sell a lot of clothes, and it's so it's you know I'm waiting for the brand, just one brand, to do an amazing campaign. Yes on women 40 plus, you know, just give me one campaign where it's all 40 plus women, different sizes. And it with the sales would just the, the engagement that that brand would get would be unbelievable. Um, you know, and I just, it, it, it just, I just, I just, I don't understand why. And I've heard all the excuses, you know, yeah. sizes and this and that and whatever else, but your, your collections are lasting three months in store. So you've got three months okay, yep. to send some clothes out and do a campaign. So yep. it's, um, I'm going to keep pushing on this train, Susie. I'm very passionate about I it. I love it. So good. So good. Now, where can people find you? Where can they watch your IGTV? Where can they find your Facebook group? Where can they get more of you? Um, so my Instagram is at let me try before you buy or one word. And then on Facebook, it's just let me try before you buy the group chat. Um, so everybody's welcome as long as you're female in the Facebook group. Um, yeah, it's just a great, the Facebook group is where it's two ways you can contribute and be part of the, um, be part of the chat, which is what I value the most. Awesome. Well, we'll have all of your links in the show notes as well. So make sure that you go and check that out. I absolutely love you. I love your energy. I love your honesty. I love um, what you share on Insta as well. And I felt like, you know, I talk about building a bold brand, which is not about being bright and colourful. It's about making a decision to break the mould in your industry. And when I look at you, I see it. So oh, I just want to okay. say you're doing an awesome job. Well done. Thank Keep you. Keep doing it. Keep fighting um, in a good way. But yeah, I love what you do. And so glad you could come on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, babe. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I know that that was a little bit different to what I would normally do. And I do like to kind of change things up a bit and have a few different guests on the podcast to give you a different perspective on what some people are doing when it comes to building their business, growing their brand, connecting with their audience. And I think the one big thing that I really enjoyed from chatting with Nat, one, I just think she's awesome generally. I think she's got a great energy about her, but she's so passionate about helping her followers and her customers and the women that, you know, are struggling with the problem that she solves, which is feeling confident, knowing how to dress and all the rest of it. And so I just really connected with why she's doing what she's doing. And I love that she is passionately following what it is that she is wanting to do, as well as putting the message out there that she wants to put out there and be really clear 
with brands that this is something they need to be thinking about. You know, she's got really strong opinions and I think it's great. You know, I always say, don't be scared to take a stand for something, to be able to articulate and share what it is that you're here to do and how you help your audience as well. Yeah. So if you enjoyed that episode, I would obviously love you to share it because I think it's a great episode and I think the message was great as well. But listen, that's it for another week. So as usual, you can follow me on all socials at Suze Chadwick. But thanks so much for listening. The music to this podcast was created by Declan DP on SoundCloud. But until next time, have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold. 